From the PSIA, AASI, Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And today we are talking about how to ski powder with Ann Shorling. Ann, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks for having me on. Well, this is a very fitting day for this topic. We've gotten almost 12 inches of snow here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just kind of dreaming of skiing powder. But a uh, couple of things here, Anne, with the title of this podcast, How to Ski Powder with Anne Shorling, are we going to be talking about you can go to Jackson and sign up for a private, or are you giving us some <laughs> skills? <laughs> I mean, well, that's always an option. Um, but uh, we also just created Whiskey Magazine an e-learning course for folks who want to get some tips and tricks and techniques that'll help them out in powder. Um, so that is, I think, the source of this podcast. Ah, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, th- this is all pretty easy, isn't it? Like we, uh, you know, we're told in the 80s, you just sit back and keep your tips up out of the snow. I mean, it, yeah, I, if that works for you, keep on keeping on. I never coach anybody that doesn't want or need it. <laughs> well, I should say want it. <laughs> um, plenty of people need it, but I don't offer unless asked ever. <laughs> Um, so carry on with your tips up and your, and your hips swinging. <laughs> so seriously, I only bring that up because I actually hear that all the time. Isn't that all I need to do to ski in powder? And it's like, um, no. <laughs> so Anne, if you could enlighten us with this course and some wonderful tips on how to ski powder, I think we would all appreciate it. Um, well, I think what's funny, George, is that like all you have to do is lean back and keep your tips out of the snow is <laughs> the typical coaching that friends give to friends who don't know how to ski powder. The friends who receive those tips end up riding the struggle bus all day long. Now, um, I got to butt in right there because the struggle bus, I want that as a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. We've all been there. But I think, I mean, we can all, anybody who has spent a lot of time skiing at a resort with a lot of powder or teaching folks in powder can picture what the struggle bus looks like. It's trying to carve in snow that is not going to support your skis when you try to do it. And it requires a whole, it winds up being a whole lot of effort that doesn't get you very far. Um, And I think there, you know, as I was writing this course and I, I, Wendy Fisher and I did this course together, um, pro skier, Wendy Fisher. And, um, she and I were talking about how there are people, we meet people and they're, you know, they're not the diehard skiers who are in the trend line first thing in the morning, but there are plenty of people who think about not going out on a powder day. Um, and we thought, okay, well, how can we create content that will help those people want to go out on a powder day and, uh, look at the tram line and consider standing on it for an hour before the mountain opens. Um, yeah, so that's where we came from. You know, and I love that you brought that up because I also often hear, like I was saying, oh, sit back and keep your tips up or whatever. But you also hear so many people say, oh, it's a powder day. I'm not excited. I really don't know how to ski in this. Yeah, or that just sounds like a lot of work. And um, yeah, if you try to push against the powder, it's going to be a lot of work. And I don't want to overstep here or get ahead of where we're going, but I mean, powder in Oregon is very different than powder in Utah or Colorado. Are there different, Mm -hmm. are there different skills for the different types of powder or are we uh, following really one set of skills? Hmm, That's a really interesting, uh, interesting question. And 
when we were coaching power, what we were talking about is this idea of float, right? So if you imagine yourself in a swimming pool with your skis on and try to turn your skis, um, we can all picture what it feels like to go for a jog in a swimming pool or try to run in a swimming pool. And that's what you're doing when you're down in the powder. And if you're in Oregon and you're sunk down in the powder, the swimming pool is full of sand. And if you're, and if, and if you're in Utah, for example, you know, with nor- notorious, like lightweight, gorgeous powder, you know, the swimming pool might be filled with uh, something quite a bit more bubbly where there's more space to move. Right. right. Um, but it's all about, how much do you need to float and what can you do to help maximize the float, right? So thinking about, um, and actually an analogy that we used is like, if you think about what makes a boat float on the water, right? So first thing is what does the base of the boat look like? If it's really pointy, it's going to be set down farther in the water. Um, and if the base of the boat is flatter, it's going to be up higher in the water. So there's where your skis look like. And then, Two skis moderately closer together are more floaty than one ski far apart from the other. So what's that platform you look like, you look at? Um, and then you think about, okay, if you were to load that boat with a ton of load on it, right? If you put all the load in the front of the boat, it's going to sink. So you'll have the front diving down in the water. Or if you put the load in the back, similarly, the load's going to dive down in the water, right? So, But if you put that load right in the middle, the boat's probably going to float more evenly without either the front or the back dropping. Um, but then you think about what gets the boat really out of that water and that's going fast. So I think one of the biggest challenges we have, especially in the ski instruction world is that every ski instructor has learned to make these perfect sea turns that finish across the hill to control speed. Right. And so we get this bonus speed control at the end of the turn and we've taught that and is a really valuable skill to have. And in the powder, what that does is it slows you down and causes you to sink. Um, and so thinking about how can we actually use the shape of the turn and change the shape of the turn so we can maintain some speed between turns and continue to float. So, and I'm just, I'm really curious how you sat down and put this course together because again, there are a lot of variables, but it sounds like you're using very similar fundamentals, no matter the depth or really, uh, the lightness of the powder. Yeah. I mean, I think that as with anything in skiing, right, there are the fundamentals which help guide us in terms of what our choices are, right. And what, it, what is good skiing. And then within any fundamental, there's a range there, right. So if I have, if I know that how much I want to float is related to how dense the snow is that I'm skiing in, then I can, I can make some choices and have some strategies for how to float a little bit better. Now, I'm just curious, Anne, I don't want to butt in, but um, how has ski technology and manufacturing changed the way we ski powder? Because, you know, you've, some of us have the one ski quiver, but uh, there's an awful lot of powder skis out there these days. Yeah, I think that's a great question, and we talked about that in our course too, which is that your ski design affects how how we your ski design affects how much you need to adapt your technique in order to float in the powder. A ski that's wider underfoot is going to float much better, and in particular, having a rockered tip makes a huge difference. And what it enables us to do is have options besides the lean back to get your tips out of the snow. Um, to start floating because we can actually stand in a centered spot on the ski, even driving towards the tip of the ski. And because it's got a rocker tip, it'll help us float on top. Um, so ski design really does make a difference in terms of how we need to adapt. And so similar to 
the type of snow you're skiing in, the ski that you're skiing on is also going to make a difference in terms of how much you need to adapt your technique. You know, someone on a Soul 7, for example, um, or Rozzy's new, uh, new uh, oh gosh, I should know the name. <laughs> Uh, the rally birds, like some, someone on a rally bird or a Soul 7 where it's got a rocker tip and it's fat and designed for powder, will not need to adapt their technique nearly as much as someone who goes out on, say, uh, an uh, Experience 84 or an E88, right, where it's a little less fat under underfoot and has a little rocker tip but not quite as much. So there really is a big difference. I really like you know, my old racing skis and playing around on those, but there is a big difference if you get on a powder ski. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's all, you know, it's knowing what equipment you have and what it's capable of doing. I mean, if I go out on a powder day on my slalom skis, I am not going to float. I can keep my feet <laughs> as close together as I want and it's not going to happen. And that's okay. I just need to know that then I'm making turns in the powder instead of trying to get out of it on top of it. So, Anne, when you sat down to put this course together and really started thinking it out, um, how did you come together with um, building the entire course? Because I, I would think that would be hard not having, you know, a student with some specific skills that you're working on. Or, or did you keep this uh, theoretical student that you started out with kind of all the way through? Uh, that's a great question. I think because uh, Ski Magazine has actually made a number of e-learning courses, they had a few kind of guidelines or, or places they wanted us to hit in the content. And I found that really helpful because then I was working in a smaller range. So, you know, part of the content was gear in particular and just talking about what the gear is. And part of the content um, was conditions and snow. And, I, and that was something I was really tied to talking about because not all powder is created equal. Um, and then, uh, and then we kind of broke it out into, okay, I'm teaching a lesson or I'm taking a lesson and I just want one tip to go out on the snow that'll help me, help me ski better in powder. Right. And so we have kind of the short tips section and then a whole separate section is, all right, I actually want to become a better skier while I'm skiing powder. Um, what are ways that I can adapt my technique overall to become better in powder? And so, um, we have it divided into those two categories and I found it pretty helpful to think about, okay, if I'm in a lesson and these are my, my top five cues that I can give to someone that will help them have a better day. And then thinking about, okay, what are the typical pitfalls of somebody in powder and what can I give them that will help them, uh, in the long run? Well, you've really made me want to just come up to Jackson and have the private lesson with Anne. I mean, I suggest it for everyone, really. <laughs> well, Anne, can you tell us where we can find the course online? Um, yeah, well, the course was designed and done through Ski Magazine. And so if you go to the Ski Magazine website, you can find it there in their um, courses. Anything else you'd like to add as a note to the membership? Um, yeah, we shot the course in Fernie, B.C. And if you have an opportunity to go there, it is amazing. Highly recommend well, Anne, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us on First Chair. It's been a blast chatting with you, as always. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. From the PSI ASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.